British boxing fan. It's the first document I've seen of its kind from any commission or any country. So for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to assume that usually the first people to put like a template forward, like people who have serious power and are in control of this kind of stuff, sets the tone. And then people tend to follow suit. So um, if America follows suit, if the rest of the world follows suit, that this could be what boxing looks like now. Yeah, for a while at least. Right. So I, I list. I definitely, I believe, is the word they've used. Go ahead. Um, can I list off who should not attend before we start? Well, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah, go for okay. it. <laughs> it says, who should not attend the tournament? People 70 years or older, regardless of medical conditions, people with chronic oh, lung disease... Sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> there goes Foreman, I'm just saying. What's next? Uh, people with chronic lung disease or moderate to severe asthma, people with serious heart conditions... There goes Evander Holyfield. <laughs> people who are immune compromised, people with chronic neurological conditions, people who are seriously overweight. Did you hear this one? People who are seriously overweight. What's the cap? So Andy Ruiz can't go either? <laughs> it's clearly saying that a lot of people should not attend. Um, People with diabetes, people with chronic kidney disease or undergoing dialysis, people with liver disease, those who are pregnant. So no new champion's wife. Basically. <laughs> or, God forbid, any female correspondent get pregnant and can't go to work. Um... Those who are currently self-isolating as a result of the household member being COVID, duh, that's pretty standard. Like, <laughs> any person who has tested positive for COVID within the previous 14 days, standard. Um, any person returning from abroad within the last 14 days or an overseas boxer, which means that if you and I would have to choose if we got invited back, we would have to choose between events if they were overseas because then we would be required to only attend one every 14 days if it was international. Well, I think at least my reading of that would be we'd have to go over 14 days early, what which if, is really... What if they were back-to-back -back is my point. But once we're there, we've been there for... Right? Like, once you're in the country, four to 14 days. But, Michelle, think of it this way. Unless we were in Saudi Arabia, and the right. following week there was an event in the UK. Yeah, but then everybody, then how could Matchroom have a fight in Saudi Arabia and then the UK the next week? With all, due respect, I like, with all due respect, I like the idea that we're moving, to, we're moving forward, at least hosting events, okay? But when we continue to read down, a lot of it doesn't make sense. So I'm like, wait a minute. How are we supposed to do that? How are somebody supposed to quarantine 48 hours prior to the event? How does the weigh-in work? Are they going to push the press conference a few days earlier? Sure, I'm sure that's fine. But how would a weigh-in work? The weigh-in has to take place the day before. How, do, how does a lot of this work for 
promoters or uh, management when, and the fighters, if the requirement is that you have to quarantine 48 days, pro, I mean, 48 hours prior to fight night. Right. And then think of this, <clears throat> because this did happen in the UFC uh, who, who has a fight tonight. I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out. They're having a fight in Florida. Um, I'm just curious how, curious how the logistics are going to work. But one fighter tested positive at the weigh-in or after the weigh-in. So what do they do? Trace back everybody he came in contact with at the weigh-in? Like, are those, if, some, if one of those people then contracted from him or test positive now, do you trace? Like, one domino, one monkey can stop the show. Like, these are kind of impossible restrictions on the one hand. And yes, I'm happy to see some kind of movement towards getting boxing back. But I want boxing back. I don't want some kind of clinical presentation of something that smacks more of WWE because there's so many regulations and nobody's there to witness the actual event. This seems like it's going to have to be so overproduced and inaccessible that it may just change the nature of the consumption of the sport. The spectator aspect of this sport could be like changed forever. Or like you said, we'll take what we can get. Let's read off in case fans are not aware of what this says. It said that COVID-19 testing and pre-tournament quarantine. So it says all in attendance at the tournament will require COVID-19 testing. The boxers, referees, and trainer um, will be required to undertake their COVID-19 testing 48 hours before the tournament once the test has been undertaken by, oh, oh, wait, once the test has been undertaken, all boxers, referees, and trainers will be required to self-isolate in a hotel and await the test result. Now, this is 48 hours prior. I'm so confused how this is going to happen. It said that the BBBFC must be informed of all test results a minimum of 24 hours before the tournament. Well, how is that? That now we're down to 72 hours. That's exactly also, that makes sense. Also, so, does that mean health provision is is the responsibility of the promoter? Yeah, so I got It's supposed to pay for everyone's hotel room. Well, we're really screwed. We're not going to these events. Right. And no one's for us to attend. Oh, I guarantee you they will put that cost on us. But then the thing is, if they do that and leave it up to us, how can they then be responsible for our behavior unless they're monitoring it? And this is all, what is, what is this all on the honor system? Not like everybody in boxing isn't honorable, but are we saying that the fighter now cannot engage his own trainer for 48 hours before the fight and up into maybe even through the weigh-in? Like, how does that work? If it's a 24-hour notice before the event, well, okay, then that makes room for the weigh-in. But then now we're pushing it back to a Wednesday before the fight, meaning that while the, the most crucial days on which the fighter is supposed to be getting down to his weight, and we all know how difficult it is for a lot of fighters to make that weight, the two days prior, they can't be in contact with their trainer or anyone else, they can't go anywhere. They have to sit around for 48 hours in, a, in an isolated space by themselves and then do the weigh-in. 
Well, yeah, Biden's going to be able to do that. I don't know. And it even says COVID-19 screening on arrival at venues. This is fight night. Upon arrival at the venue and prior to entering the arena, all attendees will have their temperature taken and pre-tournament medical questionnaire reviewed. All attendees must bring a copy of their COVID-19 test result to the venue. If any irregularities are identified, the individual will not be permitted to enter the arena. Yeah, I mean, okay. King from the boxers win in corners. <laughs> oh yeah, no spitting. Remember that? Well, we're done. That's it. <laughs> I don't know a single fighter that's going to be able to manage that. Uh, I, okay, look. The longer I go down this, the more the more questions I have. So clearly, whoever when when they wrote this, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of contradictions, and they're going to have to address them as they come as it happens. Because clearly. How this is written out is impossible. Yeah. Like, it is. It just is. Like, when we're looking at how we normally structure a media week, right? So, according to the normal structure, it looks impossible. So, I'm curious to know how they're going to make everything work. But another question begs, when you look at the people who are allowed to attend, it says... Um, so, there will be no ring girls allowed in the ring. I'm out. Does that mean there's no girls? Because they'll just be girls hanging ringside? So what does that mean? Yeah, no no ring girls, no pregnant girls. Yeah. The master of ceremony <laughs> is not permitted in the ring. No camera people in the corners of the ring. And TV interviews are to take place in agreed destination areas. Or design, I'm sorry, designated areas. It says TV commentary area must have space enough for social distancing. Uh, the only persons allowed in the ring prior to and after uh, the contest are the boxers, one trainer, referee, and a medical officer. They have to be sitting two meters apart. Uh, officials are two meters apart in uh, at ringside, and ringside working tables two meters apart. Now, according to when we've been reading down this, just to let people know, um, media is not is not included in on this list. So. Um, Here's the thing. I don't do this for a hobby. You don't do this for a hobby. The United States of America currently is only giving very limited resources to help us make ends meet, if any, okay? I depend on attending events to survive. Like, we cannot be excluded. Like, there has to be an option to continue to have our businesses go. Otherwise, I don't have a contract with somebody who's paying my bills. The longer this goes, who, who else are we going to see collapse under this? Because we can't continue to survive off of just these videos. It's not possible. It's like there has to be some way of getting people to return to work. This isn't a hobby or I just enjoy being there. Like this is literally livelihood at risk here. And if it's like, if that means I have to go take tests, do what I got to do, so be it. But to not even see that there's an option for media to attend scared the hell out of me. It made me think like, do they realize like I can't, I don't have a job at all if I don't attend these events. You don't have a job. Like we all don't have jobs. At least a good, a good few of us actually do this for a living. We don't just show up and then do an interview and we have a day job. That's not the way this works. So I'm really, 
personally concerned for for like how long this is gonna go on for. You don't have to think about necessarily the plight of the media individual as a fan. You have a right to have the fight represented to you through objective eyes. Like, that's the job of the press, right? To ask questions when things uh, are questionable and to deliver a uh, firsthand account of what's taken place. So I don't expect to get a lot of sympathy from the inner workings of boxing politics for the press if they can control it. The issue isn't us. The issue is the fans' access to not having their view of what's taking place controlled and uh, delivered to them as spoon-fed. You have to have an objective observer. That's what the press does. Michelle, the people who watch your content, especially the ones who watch Michelle for Michelle's sake, not just Googling boxing and here comes across Michelle, they want your perspective on what's happened. They trust you as an arbitrator of dispute if something goes awry. They trust your voice standing next to a fighter and getting from him answers on issues and delving into topics that a promoter may not want discussed, challenging fighters on issues that they may not be honest about, observing what happens in the ring for things that may not be in the network or promoter's best interest to broadcast. When there have been dozens, if not over the annals of history, thousands of times when something's happened at a fight that the press had to expose. And also, multiple times, thousands of times when moments happen at a fight that the fans would have never been exposed to if the press weren't there with cameras and questions. You can't produce a fight like this or, or a sport like this, combat sports, mind you, in a vacuum where the network and the promoter have complete control over the message and the optics and the account of what's taking place. Simply put, there's a free and fair press for a reason. It's because things need to be objectively viewed and the fans have, an, have, a, have a right to know exactly what's going on from multiple perspectives. Not just like, again, a produced television show like WWE or something that you're being spoon-fed and only seeing what those who have conflicting interests want you to see. It's about the fans' freedom. Not ours, but our duty is to deliver that freedom, that objective view, that challenging of the company line and the fighters themselves to the audience. And if the press isn't there to do that, I guarantee you it won't be done. No promoter has that in their interest and no network wants to show you anything but what benefits the network and sells the next fight. So from the fans' perspective, I'm curious if this kind of structure works for you beyond like just simply missing out on a, what I would consider an essential element of the sport, can boxing even survive these kind of regulations? And my final question is, if you're going through all this 
process to make sure everyone is screened and quarantined and clean and checked one more time on the way in, plus you have paperwork, then why the fuck do we all need to be six feet apart and only one person being, I thought everybody was good. If everybody's not good, then we might as well just let everybody come. It's like one or the other. Trying to do both is a bit extreme and prohibitive. Why are we doing all this testing and screening and quarantining and isolating and paperwork and testing on the way in if we're going to be treated like everybody's infected once we get in there? Like, come on, guys. That's why I'm saying there's, there's a lot of contradictions that are going on, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. And again, I, I could not stress this enough, like, to not see that media were included in on this is very worrisome. And to be honest with you, I don't see anybody really caring because, quite frankly, if you're not if you're not under someone's banner, you're not really their responsibility. And even though, you know, for example, like myself, I've spent nearly 10 years building my business and I would really hate to see it crumble under something like this because we were not considered essential to return to, to work. Right. Um, so, again, like uh, we're very interested and the fans' opinions, and if you have questions, we've got questions, but we might have some answers. We may know a little bit more than you, but to be honest, along these lines, we're just reading you what we've been sent, and we we probably know more than you, but believe me, we have our share of questions, too. We'd like to hear yours. Uh, if things pursue this way, I, again, I, I can't wait to find out how this UFC thing turns out in Florida tonight, but we might end up in a, just a a laundry list of circus type of fights and atmospheres, hybrids. I mean, look, we talked about even he has press there. So I'm just like I said, I'm a little confused as to why why I'm reading based on what I'm reading. Who knows? It could be revised totally. But it's what, what have to be revised given, to make it workable. Yeah, to what we've been given does not indicate media. So I'm curious, like, if the UFC is capable of doing this right now and still maintaining running, a, you know, a show successfully, then why can't boxing follow suit? Yeah, well, I mean, it, <laughs> listen, right now, things have gotten so crazy with these fighters coming out of retirement, boxing putting, at least in England, putting this kind of really what I consider a prohibitive standard of um, protocol in front of us. And the UFC out in Florida so far, almost so good. I, I'm actually I'm not glad that anyone has virus, of course. This is not what that's about. But as a test case, since someone unfortunately does have it and did participate in the buildup and the, the event immediately prior to the actual fight night, and then the system worked and was discovered, I'm curious to see how that then affects the event, what the protocol is going forward. I mean, you have to credit the UFC with getting out front and taking a risk and doing the thing, and now they've got a case that's been exposed and see if they can continue on, if this show actually happens ultimately, and in what way. Because more so than like a document that seems a bit a bit extreme, we should follow a model that works. And the UFC has gone out there and tried to create a model that might work. And I'm interested to see if it does. Um, whether or not the next fight we see might be Oscar De La Hoya in a cage against Conor McGregor 
or Conor McGregor in a ring against Oscar De La Hoya are the kind of prospects that we might have to look at. Hey, Fi fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go ahead and download that. Bye, Fi fans.